Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Pits Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, listening, and watching. Thank you so much for engaging with us on all social media platforms. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's just get right into the things. This is a safe space for you, but not your mess, including our own. Because here at the Pits Podcast, we are always respectfully with the shit. This is your boy, Jay. That's your boy, Q. And this is your girl, Katie the Great. You are now tuning in to the Pits. Yes, 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 yes. As you can see, we are two down. Um, One of our co-hosts has a legitimate reason not to be here. The other... Man, know what's going on. Man, know what, <laughs> man, know what her man. That's all it is. He <laughs> ain't got a lie. He ain't got a lot to us ease. Wow, don't they love to blame it on the kids? Right. <laughs> Gonna get the kids settled, please. They're praying. Read They're praying. her. Read her. So yes, for right now, it is just us three. But like I said earlier, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining. Q, how are you doing? What's going on? What's good over in your neighborhood? Loving the shades. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I just need shades tonight because, you know, I I, I got a little too close to the sun uh, in these clouds. (laughs) I'm a little too high up. And so now I'm enjoying the view. Not a little too elevated. KD the Great, how are you? I am wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Girl, I'm glad, I'm glad you're so good, girl. Our ceiling fans are giving. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're giving a helicopter real Okay. So um how about yourself, Jay? What's going on? I am doing very well. Today is quote unquote my Saturday. So I did a little yard work earlier. Um giving very wisteria lane type vibes, you know. <laughs> I love that name on there. I love your name, Miss Tana. Ah. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me get that together right now. Sorry, Sorry lady. Just, yo, it's been a lot going on. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so I just updated my name. So Tune in, tune in on YouTube, tune in on YouTube. Please. We don't have those issues going on, but yes, my day's been good. I've been doing some yard work. I was really feeling my wisteria lane realness today. You know, something about just being outside working in the yard with just your boxes on or whatever. It was giving very those types of vibes. in the backyard, girl. Oh, okay. Gated situations, girl. But it just felt very cute and then the rain started coming down. I felt like I was in a 90s music video. 
<laughs> it was just really giving Carl Thomas vibes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but then it started raining, so I went to the gym and had a little workout or whatever. And that was really nice because, you know, Harper's Bazaar came out and I was really feeling Beyonce today. So I started from the top to the bottom as far as the discography goes. And I just, I just got reminded that it was always greatness. I'm just going to put it out there like that. I just, I just got reminded and refreshing. that It was always greatness. Dangerously in Love. What an album. What an R&B album. B-Day, everybody that knows me already knows that is my visual album of choice because just the hair and like the Louisiana Bayou vibes that she had going and the visuals was just like, like it, it's, oh, I live, I live, I live, I live, I live, I live. So I've been listening to Beyonce all day. We just had a little discussion before we got one here about Beyonce and how self-titled really didn't get, I mean, it got, but it didn't get what we feel like it should have received because y'all lived for drunken love but y'all were not living for the cuts on the album that were like right. bangers i'm talking bangers q what were some of your faves off the self-titled album well haunted number one you gotta give it to haunted um that visual uh, the interlude before Haunted, what it, it's called the interlude, but if you play it on the album, it's all Haunted. Ghost. Ghost and uh, Haunted. That's like my overall favorite point on that album. If I could ever visualize you producing something like that, that would be the vibe that I feel like you would go for. It would have to be if there. I could, if, if somebody was like, oh, Q is producing my whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel like that's the type of vibe that you would enter the room with. Like that dark, mysterious, sexy, almost grunge kind of look. I'm here for it. Beyonce, she really blew my goddamn mind with that one. She really did. Because I don't her do something like that. That was a good-ass visual, and that is a good-ass song, and it's so underrated. I mean, really, I mean, no shade, no tea. Everything after Drunk in Love was sickening. <laughs> I mean, everything before was also sickening, but everything after, everything after was sickening. Those slow cuts on that album, if you listen to the lyrical content, if you listen to the vocal acrobatics that are happening in the background, that are purposefully in the background. See, that's how you know she didn't give a fuck about charts because she chose, honestly, in my opinion, one of the weaker songs on the, and that is saying towards the album is very, very heavy because all her shit is just, Miles ahead. She chose the easiest song on the album. Right. Y'all hoes like. 
Like here, the something. The only songs y'all liked was fucking dangerous. Or I mean, see, look at me going back to the beginning. <laughs> right, you are all Drug your love and fucking XO. All those other tracks. Do y'all understand that mine is featuring Drake and never got really any play? And like, Beyonce don't really be doing rapper guest features or tracks like that. You can name them honestly on one hand. And this is if you discount like producer credits. So I'm thinking like Missy Elliott, Andre 3000, J. Cole, Default. So we still on number one. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z on every album since her debut album, except for four, which I'm gonna go back through and look at those producer credits because I know how Jay-Z rolls. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back through and look at those producer credits. But as far as vocals, the only one he's not on is four. And you can argue Lemonade, but he's featured in the visual. So I mean, honestly going no. back. That title album, like half of y'all didn't even know what a partition was until that album came out. Child, half of y'all still don't know what a partition is, and that is just the honest fucking truth, honey. Half of y'all still don't know what a partition is, honey, and that is just the truth. I mean, what did you say? For mama to drop her napkin in front of that white woman like that. What did he say? Did you say what she said? She meant what she had said. I mean, it really do be. I mean, it really is the truth. Y'all really didn't give what it needed to have been given. But we we know what it really was, and those deep cuts are the ones that really get you to fuck through. Okay, I think an honorable mention for the ones that people really really liked was All Night off the album and all night is sickening um pretty hurt girl girl yeah pretty hurt it was a good one and the visual yes i'm just saying for me it was most definitely heaven as well for me you know what it was most definitely heaven heaven was good but y'all know honey how i feel about miss fucking love trout oh yeah yes when i say on repeat when I say I can listen to it, hours on repeat. Oh, that's lemonade. Yeah, that is. Oh, did we skip over? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we can take this whole episode and just run down her list because what's so interesting about her and what's so interesting about her right now to me. When she dropped self-titled, she put herself in a position to just drop albums whenever she wants to. No, no warning. So when who, who, who she is remembering the day and time where albums dropped on Tuesdays? I remember when new albums dropped on fucking Tuesdays, and that's just the way it fucking was. TRL would come out. TRL will premiere the whatever video, the whatever, whatever, whatever. Albums 
dropped at the Walmart, ho, and the Target on Tuesdays. When you wanted to see what was new coming out, bitch, you made your mama drive by Walmart on motherfucking mm-hmm. Tuesday. Okay? <laughs> Let's just be very, very, very clear about that for those who do not remember. Beyonce said... My man purchased title, so I'm dropping it on Friday. (laughs) And not only am I dropping it on Friday, it is a full visual production that is dropping on Friday. But see, a lot of y'all don't don't really, because B-Day, honey, Mm -hmm. it was a video for every album. I mean, it was a video. It was a video for every song. Like, like I don't know. See, y'all didn't know, but it was a video for every song on the album, and she dropped a discography along with the album. So you got the discography, so you can watch the videos from top to bottom. You know, the majority of them were green screen because Mama, you know, recorded the album in two weeks. But you know, it was what it was. So it was this wasn't her first rodeo in the realm of I'm gonna release a visual for every song that I have. But however, the way that this transcended was I'm gonna flow this together. These aren't videos. These aren't mm. videos for my album. You're gonna watch this from top to bottom. This is a movie, you basic ass, dumb ass, silly ass bitches. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, because now she said music is coming. Okay, but you you don't know when. You don't know when it's coming. But what we do know is Mama still got shit to release for Netflix. Mm. <laughs> now, now that's something that we do know is that Mama still has shit to release for Netflix. Hmm. Disney Plus. <laughs> and the list goes on and on and on. So it's like, I mean, somebody was like joking around on Twitter the day and were like, I can see this definitely being a series. Not this bitch gonna come out with a series. Just <laughs> and I said, watching. <laughs> and we'll be watching. Watching. Because of course. Why not watch? I would just say this. If y'all have not read the article from the latest, um, I'm sure y'all have all seen it all over social media, but go and read the article tied to all the great photos that y'all have seen lately. Because she was really spitting some gems about her, about her now and about her in her early career days and really laying the groundwork that's really, I guess, not accessible for many artists today to come up and be like, this era was this. And I knew that my next era would be this. And then my next era would be this because of the foundation that my mom and my dad and all them, all the people that mean something to me laid into me. This was just the trajectory that I had. All while maintaining my personal peace. <laughs> like I'm gonna give y'all what I'm gonna give y'all, but bitch, not too much because right. of my personal peace. Right. And I think that's why we stand so much. And before we even got on the line tonight, we were having a conversation like 
bitch, we stand Michael, we stand Prince, we stand Patty, we stand Donna, we stand the boss, the Ross. We stand these people solely based off the fucking talent. It's based off the talent only. It was only into the early 2000s where we started getting bits and pieces of information like, ooh, Patty and Aretha beefing. Bitch, that didn't mean shit to us early days. That didn't mean shit to us. We were like, listen, I mean, Q put me on game about motherfucking Tina. Yeah, Tina. People beefing. And I was like, bitch, that didn't mean shit to me back then because Tina was who the fuck Tina? Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do no last names, hoes, because you already fucking know. No, I don't have to say Aretha last name. <laughs> I don't have to say because it's the art. Marvin, I don't have to say these people's last name because you know who they are and you know why they're work. You know why they were there. Yep. And that's something that we miss now, and we can never go back. Unfortunately, we can never go back to that phase just because. Social media is what it is, and people want to know so much about people's lives that there is no room for going back into that space. But it's but one thing refreshing to see an artist that's still um, considered an icon, considered a legend at the top of her game currently, and being like, I'm going to give you what I'm going to give you, but I'm going to keep for myself what's for me and you are going to be okay with that. There, there is no in-between. Like, you are going to be okay with that. Go ahead, Q, what was you gonna say? Um, Honestly, it'll come back to me, but now I'm gonna say, don't be a weird bitch. Like, <laughs> don't be all of this business. Get out, get out her goddamn business. You know, what, if she shows you the pictures of the babies, she shows you, if she don't, then she don't. If the next time we'll see Blue, Rumi, and Sir until they get 18 years old, that's her goddamn business. Bitch, we still don't know what Nicki Minaj baby look back look like and I live. We still don't know his official name. Honey, All Papa Bear. Honey, it's on the birth certificate. Papa Bear. Oh. That's <laughs> it. it's, oh, shit. No, I'm oh. kidding. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got honey she refers to Papa Bear look to all the and I stand I'm in here do not don't bring y'all little barb asses in here now I don't got time for that shit I mean you can come in if you like uh, huh this is not a safe space <laughs> for you <laughs> or your niece <laughs> really ugly listen <laughs> you can like you can't say take your shoes off and come on in <laughs> <laughs> however <laughs> however it's not safe for you here sweetheart <laughs> like it, it is what it is like I, I just stand all that and I kind of miss all of that so with that being said this week we're gonna try to we're just gonna skip right on over our segment of what's happening because what's happening it's Hopper's Bazaar, and y'all already seen it all over social media. You know what it's given. You know what it had gave. Everything else is, will be here next week. So it is what it is. We're, I mean, the evolution of Beyonce. I mean, it's really odd to me because I've been a fan since the beginning. 
So to see this all like flow like this is very interesting. The same way I imagine it was interesting for our parents to ride a Patty wave, to mm. ride a Tina Turner wave, to mm. ride a, you know, Otis Red. Al Green. Mm. Al Green, you know, yeah. Marvin Gaye, you know, Betty Wright. You know, I would imagine it's the same type of feeling when it's like, <laughs> but I grew up with them. And then you're hearing the younger kids sampling their songs and you're like, nah, but I know the real shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, it, it kind of feels like that because it feels like that. Right. <laughs> That's just what it is. Right. So I'm going to move right on in. Well, unless anybody else has any further comments. Any other comments? Any other things? That's it. That's it. Okay. Let's go ahead, Jay. Okay. Pull us in into the, the topic of the day. Let's okay. go. Also, um, shout out DJ Cujo. Um, good vibes only. You know what it is. Um, if y'all haven't gone to his website to buy his merch, please do. Like, this is a nice looking shirt, right? But it's like an athletic shirt. So you can like work out in her and she breathes and she sweats. Oh, is that DJ Cujo? Yeah. GBO. Oh, it's her shirt. Like, huh, I like that. You know how I feel about yeah, it's DJ Cujo. DJ Cujo. And you also know how I feel about a slight combination of a slight pink and green together. So, <laughs> okay, I got you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> what is next on the list? What's happening in the show? <laughs> I feel the way I feel. Um, so, this episode, I wanted to talk to you guys and just hear what you have to say as it relates to your earliest memories, your personal memories of music. Oh, okay. Ooh, thank God. Ooh, not too heavy, not too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> your personal <laughs> memories of music. Um, and the reason I kind of thought about this is kind of going off of what Q um, his segment last week. So he was asking us different questions and a question that really stuck with me when he asked is what album could you listen to from today going forward for the rest of your life? And that's the only album that you could ever listen to. And my options were Beyonce 4 and Aaliyah's self-titled. Um, so that kind of got me like thinking a little bit because that says a lot. And that would mean that music is very important if you can listen to something for the rest of your life and just that only. That, that is saying a lot. Um, and then also when I was at Southern studying therapeutic recreation, we kind of dived into this topic of music therapy and using music therapy as a way to kind of cope with Alzheimer's, dementia, things of that sort. And the idea around it is, I mean, we all probably have known someone or are familiar with dementia or Alzheimer's, right? Mm -hmm. So the study that we were studying at this time in school, which is still actually very popular, I was looking at a couple of things today actually, is it will not reverse but it can possibly slow the cognitive decline is if you play music or show music 
to someone from their era when they were when they were young, mm. it will entice the brain to remember the exact memories based off that music, which is major because your body is doing something that you have no control over, which is losing your memory. But for someone to be able to play music or show you a performance and your brain automatically, without like your physical being, goes back into a place and it's like, oh, I remember that. And that meant something to me. I find extremely empowering. Like that's like, whoa to me. So what I want to know is for the both of you, number one, what's your first real memory of actual music? And then number two, what's your first memory of like your personal relationship with music? So not so much like, oh, I heard my mom playing this, I heard my dad playing this, but what's the first memory as far as like this was something I sought out, I chose. I remember oh. this, this is what was happening at the time when I chose this and this is what it means now. So Ooh. go ahead, yeah. check the floor. Um, Mine most definitely would be Usher. Mm-hmm. Any Usher song that came across, I would listen to it. I love Usher um, to this day. Um, I, Y'all remember Vegas on the 28th of December because I'll be there. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Eight. Oh, okay. That, you know what? That might be. That might be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Usher. Usher for me. Um, I remember me um, getting those, the booklet where they had to take the stamp out of it and lick it and put it on there. You had to get the five CDs. That was me and getting my mama credit card uh, thing. So I could <laughs> so I could get my CDs. Not skimming. Right. For us. Girl, y'all, y'all just don't know. I love me some Air Usher and I still do. I do. That was that was most definitely for me, Usher. Okay, I feel that. And what does that, like, how did that transition after that moment? Like, that obviously you said you still love Usher. So obviously that stuck with you. But what was it about his particular music that really drew you in? And we're like, okay, I'm here. And this means something to me. His music got you dance, got you up to dance. Like mm-hmm. even his videos, they it got you up to dance. I know I probably know about two or three Usher dances to this day from his videos, like mm-hmm. from start to finish yeah. from his videos. And it's just yeah. amazing. Like that's that's me. And all of his music, like I guess got me into like more so like the R and B type, because mm-hmm. that's that type, that's the kind of music I like is like mm-hmm. R and B and stuff. So his music is what got me into listening to all of that other stuff as far as, you know, what other people listen to. Okay. I feel that. And that, that makes sense for me because, honey, you are a dancer, girl, especially if this mohead was in style, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the mohead queen, honey. 
like, yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> In the middle of the dance floor, honey, breaking up all the sorority lines. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> Kim, um, what about you? What, what's your earliest memory of music? And then what is your earliest memory as far as your personal relationship with music? My earliest memory for music would have to be with my mom's mom, um, Claudia. And she had this red Mitsubishi truck that she would uh, drive. Like, uh, she, you know, she called it like her little work truck. And she used to be flying in that little red truck. And she would always cut on two songs. Uh, the first one would be Fool in Love by Ike and Tina Turner. And then the second song on the other side of that tape would be, um, what was it? Was it Al Green, Love and Happiness? Come on. Yeah. Um, so those two people were like, she told me about at an early stage. And of course, um, after I asked her about like, you know, who are these people? She started showing me pictures, like, you know, her photo albums of the first that she, you know, Green was so fine. used to go to and all of that. And it's like, she used to be in love with Tyrone Davis. I'm pretty sure my mom still got pictures from her photo album with her like front row for Tyrone Davis. And he got on this white suit with this cowboy hat and this big ass silver belt with a T on it. Yes. Uh, right, like grandma was a Tyrone Gray Davis groupie. She loved him. Uh, my first, I wanna say first person to really grab me with music probably genuine because i heard uh 100% genuine bitch i don't know what it was about his song differences like <laughs> it was something about differences i don't know what it was oh yeah um can see this song from start to finish right now <laughs> Differences, like, it just kind of changed my whole, I don't know, my, I don't, Differences did something to me. Set because the tone. That whole album. It set the tone. Yes. It really the set the tone because. I think Differences grew me up, honestly. <laughs> quick, child in elementary. It was like, girl. No more, no more toys for me. Okay, when you are a child, you do childish things. No more toys for me. <laughs> uh, and not so anxious. Ooh, ooh, mm. those jeans. Ooh, boom. Boom, boom. Damn, boom, I forgot boom. all about this. I'm boom. gonna have to go listen. I'm gonna have to go listen to this after mm. this because I have really forgot all about <laughs> that. I honestly still have that physical album because that was an album that yeah. I purchased with my own coins. Because it was 100% genuine. That was one of those. Another one that I had had to peel that stick off and slap it on that thing. Got me. Yeah. Chris Brown album. Mm, the first one he came out with, Chris Brown. Yeah. Ooh, mm, girl, yes. that first Chris Woo. Brown album, honey. When I say, I listened to Poppin' the other day. I listened mm -hmm. to Poppin' the other day. Shit. <laughs> because. Mm. Yeah. R&B will do that to you. Yes. And have you in the zone. I'm so glad y'all went in that direction because y'all are both from uh, how would I, I guess the Jackson area. 
I guess you would say, whether it's Clint or Flowood or whatever it is, for someone that's not from that area, we would all consider just the Jackson area. Mm-hmm. So my first, first, first probably memories of music would be associated with that. Because at a very young age, my parents used to take me to the Jubilee Jam. Mm. Which is not a thing anymore. And I think from an article that I read earlier, it's been like 10 plus years since the Jubilee Mm -hmm. Jam has happened. And now they're trying to merge into like a new um, music festival for the Jackson area. But for those of you who do not know, Honey, the Jubilee Jam outside of the Jackson Fair at that time, because this is back when the Jackson Fair was like safe to go to. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very popular. Like you would have artist, artists performing at the Jackson Fair, like artist, artists. Like it was a big deal. Same thing with the Jubilee Jam. It was a music festival. Um, Some maybe would even equate it it to like a jazz fest for New Orleans. Like it was the thing of the year for Jackson, Mississippi. Um, And my parents would take me, but I was so young. I had to have been like, I don't even know, maybe between like five to eight, they would take me. And for me, it just felt like carnival vibes. Cause it was Mm -hmm. like, you go and you get the turkey leg and you get like the huge ass um, Polish sausage, like, you eat all the good food, but also you would have all the good ass music. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that my parents were really that into music because I never saw them be that into music like in my teenage and adult years. But when I think back to Jubilee Jam, I'm like, well, they weren't taking me there for me. They, they had to have been enjoying the music, right? So I remember on the way up there, we like they would be playing the music in the truck or whatever. I remember like the, you know, yesterday me sitting in the back of the truck you know Otis Redding on the radio and me knowing who that was and like mm-hmm. this voice came on with me recognizing whose voice that was you know the Whitney Houston's me recognizing her voice and I'm I'm five to eight years old like this is me recognizing these people's voices because of my parents at the time um I also remember being like super convinced that Michael Jackson and Prince were the same person. Like I thought they were interchangeable. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So Michael is a prince, cause that's how I thought about it. <laughs> I was like, so Michael Jackson is a prince. So for me, it was like, oh, so when people say prince, what they really mean <laughs> is Michael Jackson. And I remember thinking that probably till I was about 10 years old until I actually could like was watching videos and like, oh these are two different men with two completely different sounds <laughs> and vibes but that's something that sticks out to me because I literally thought that they were the same person um I also remember because my sister used to audition for Soul Train so she would practice in the house as far as dancing or whatever and it was always like a Janet track so I remember like 80s Janet tracks. Where Give I me a what was going on? <laughs> Honey. And I just remember like, oh, okay. I see it. I really, I see it for her. Like, I, okay, I see it for her. Because it was very. What's this like here? Give me a beat. Give me a beat. 
You know what Brent Corey on heavy. It was very choreo heavy. Those would probably be my earliest memories of just music as it is. Outside of like church, because you know, church. Of course. Of course. Right, 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 right. But like my first firm memory, personal memory of music. And it's going to sound cliche, you silly hoes, but it is what it is. <laughs> the first time I ever spent my money on music was for the cassette tape for Bills, Bills, Bills. I mean, it just is what it is. Mm. And, it, you know, you flip it on the back and you got to say my name. You know, it, it is what it is. And I firmly remember, do y'all remember, did y'all parents used to have like the bar stools that was wicker at the top, kind of? So uh, like the wicker, uh, the wicker chairs or whatever. But it wasn't really wicker. It was like thick rope at the top of the chair, but it kind of had a wicker box. Baby, I had forced my mom to buy me a boom box. And I firmly remember, because I think Bills, Bills, Bills came out like in 99. So I had to have been like 10 or 11. I would sit not on the front porch, and, you know, this was like the time and era, like, don't leave my door open, letting mm. all the cool air out and all that. But I was the best that was, I was the youngest. So I was like, it's a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no plug-ins on the porch. So I would sit right by the porch, like literally in the fucking doorway on that little wicker ass um, bar stool with my boom box in the windowsill and just the tape playing over and over and over. And I had to have the door open because I needed to feel that outside. <laughs> like the door had to be open, but she would only let me do that when my dad wasn't home. So <laughs> the door had to be open to the porch and I would play it over and over and over. I kid you not, I had a notebook that I would write the lyrics to the song down in the notebook. So I would literally write a sentence, stop, rewind, go back, and like write the next sentence of the song until I had the whole song for every song on the fucking cassette tape. Why I needed to do that, I don't know, but it meant something to me. <laughs> Like it meant something to me. I lived for that cassette tape. I'm talking like played it the fuck out. And then when the video dropped, oh, bitch. You cannot tell me that I wasn't Kelly Rowland, bitch. <laughs> like at that time in my life, I was like, bitch, I'm Kelly. <laughs> like clearly, bitch. Kelly's the cool, down-to-earth girl. She seemed like the girl you could play video games with. Like, I was obsessed. When you were in this living room, moving around on the furniture, singing Say My Name. <laughs> say my name, say my name. The brown furniture, honey, from the fucking Ashley's in fucking Jackson, bitch. <laughs> like, like, I remember it to the T. That was my gig. I was those girls. And 
I, I would watch all their interviews, all the shit, like obsessed from the gate. Yeah. Of course, I loved Usher. Of course, I loved Junior Wine. Of course, you know, my brother loved Jodeci and R. Kelly and all that. So I would listen to that too. But, but that was my lane. Right. Like they caught you with their voices and their image. And mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. it was a lot of like the content of the music as well. Uh, looking back on it, I see that I was always more attracted to like a female vocalist. Mm-hmm. I was always more attracted to like a female storyline for a song because it felt more right for me. Bitch, because I wasn't picturing myself chasing bitches and, you know, doing all the other shit that all the other male artists were talking about in their music. I was like, I like these songs. This melody is nice. But bitch, this don't mean nothing to me. Now, are you going to pay my telephone, my cell phone bill? Now that, <laughs> that means. <laughs> like, that, like, are you going to say my name? Like that really, girl. What grade were you in? Young. <laughs> oh, you about to pay your cell phone bill. <laughs> How about you get these A's and B's? And B's? That part, that part. Okay, is, I'm so glad you said that because, girl, listen. Another memory that I have, I probably told this story before. I've never liked math. I never liked the subject math, ever, 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 ever. In grade school for my test, I would listen to music while I studied for the test and would remember the answers to the questions based off where I was in the song. Literally, I I can remember being in third grade. My teacher, Miss Greer, taught motherfucking math Hated that hoe and her long skirts. And I hated the subject. But every test, there would be a song that I would sing to myself while taking the test. And I would remember the answers. So I did well. So like my parents and the teachers thought I loved math. I hated math. But it would be like, specifically, it would be like TLC. So I can specifically remember singing No Scrubs in my head while studying for the test. And then seeing it in my head while taking the test and be like, okay, I'm here. This is the answer for this question. Because, you know, third grade, they weren't like mixing up the fucking test questions from the study guide. It was like the study guide was the fucking test. Oh, you remember the answers. Shout out to Quinn Happily. Girl, so that's what I did. And it's wild to me that I could use music in that way to develop me in things mm-hmm. that had no relation to music. It was like, bitch, I need to pass this test. I'm listening to this while I'm taking it. I'm just gonna remember where I am on the study guide based off what the song is. Yeah. And I did that until like fifth fucking grade. That song was And the girls were like, bitch, you are not good at math. Girl, I know. <laughs> like, like I had been, I had been do that. Oh, that reminds. Oh, we can do that for another episode. <laughs> jot it down, jot it down. But yeah, I just wanted to talk to you guys about like your musical like exploration. Like Katie, 
you were into Usher, Genuine, Q, you were into Genuine, like off top. So I'm just like, where did that take us from that point? How did that grow? Because, you know, we grew up in an era where it was like, bitch, I got to get out of school at a certain time so I can get home and kiss the TRL video premiere. Like, if you think about it, because I wish uh, Buki and E was here um, to hear their answers, because like I look at how Destiny's Child, Usher, and Genuine were all out and making music, but each one of us latched on to a different one because of a different thing. But still appreciated all of them. All of them, right. And so, and how that has grown and how much music we have consumed up until now. That's a good point. Right, that's what I was going to say. So I think for one episode, what I want to do is like talk about rewriting song memories, which is basically because we all got a song that we didn't listen to at a low point. Something didn't happen. We remember that song and that memory every time that song plays. And so we really don't play that song. Or you really don't like to listen to it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and the thing about it, I feel like a lot of us were probably so attached to music because I feel like when we were growing up, there was so much of our youth centered around music. You had Steve's World, you had MTV, you had TRL, you had all these things where it was like, bitch, after school, your life is music or cartoons. <laughs> For me personally, it was like, bitch, when Thank I get you. home, I need to kiss TRL because Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey might be on. But also, bitch, I need to know what's going on with Squirtle. Like, bitch, <laughs> I, need, I need to know both worlds. But I, I need to know what's going on with Trico. Like, you know, I, you know like, it was the two worlds crossing paths for me. But music was so important for a lot of my like even us as friends there are certain songs that we could play around each other and it will take us to a specific mm-hmm. point in time and energy around mm-hmm. it i mean q you're great for this if we're all hanging out together you will be the one that will play dj mm-hmm. so it's a lot of the times where we would be together at your apartment in hattiesburg and a lot of those memories surround what you were playing for music. Like KD, girl, a certain song will come on and we be oh yeah, poised and ready to, you know, act out the video. <laughs> it gives that energy. It's wild to me that music is so important to us, but we have so much access to it. It's almost an afterthought sometimes. Yeah. And the headlines sometimes get in the way. We all read the headlines about Chris Brown, which we can never take that first album away from any of us, bitch. None. None whatsoever. That meant something to us for whatever reason. That (laughs) album had meant something to us. Genuine was a grown ass man. Where it, we were children listening to So Anxious, but what it meant to us did not matter right? about age. Bitch, that mm-hmm. album meant something to us, and that man was deep off in his 20s. Right. And we fucking back- 
actually so, fucking people. Right. And we were like, well, I ain't gonna say virgins, but we were doing what he was doing. Right. For all intents and purposes. Virgin. For all intents and purposes, yes. Uh, right. That part. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of wild to me that it's like that now. And I'm, I'm grateful that we kind of grew up in a space where we had a time to connect with an artist based off their artistic preference versus getting so wrapped up in their personal lives. That was always like a bonus for us. Mm-hmm. Learning about Aaliyah's personal life, those were bonuses. Aaliyah movies, those were bonuses. We were always going to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. It was never a doubt that we were, mm-hmm. if the movie was bad, Bitch, we still listening to the album. Still. Like it was that was never an option for us. Ooh. Now I feel like that is very different. That was another thing. Y'all remember how like soundtracks, even if the movie was trash, the soundtrack will be so on point. Love Jones, bitch. <laughs> so That's cool. a grown ass people's soundtrack and we were not grown as people what about <laughs> you what about me what about us what we <laughs> listen oh, we were not grown me. as people but we felt what we felt we felt that i didn't know what i was yeah. gonna do at my young ass age i'm sitting here asking myself what about us what are we gonna do what about <laughs> us <laughs> it wasn't nobody really? i mean i have past relationships based off music, honestly. And I can remember specific fights where certain music was playing. I played this this song after the fight, so now I associate that song with that person. (laughs) Every time I hear that song, I automatically think about that motherfucking person. Mm -hmm. Quiet as it's kept, a lot of the songs off of B-Day, Cause when it came out, there was a person that had bought me four of the albums, bitch. And I thought that was so sweet. (laughs) That he had bought me four of them just in case I had like broke one or something. (laughs) So he bought me four of them, but so many of those songs off that album are directly related to mm-hmm. that person because the first time I listened to them was with that person. Yeah. So now it's like, bitch, I listen to a song and my brain will automatically go to, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what they were wearing. I remember what the conversation was, which I remember the dinner we had after. It's wild to me that our memories work that way because so many things that have happened in our lives, bitch, I don't remember. I can easily forget them. There is people that we've come in contact with together that if you showed me them, bitch, I'd be like, who and when? Uh, We partied where and what together? uh I don't know nothing about that. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. But if you play a certain song, I can give you vivid details. Because Rihanna's Loud album, that whole summer was hell and chaos for me. I always, like, I don't. What year was that? Was that like 2010? uh, 
Dude, 10 or 11. Were you, wait, 10 or 11, let me think. It was 10 or 11. Oh, definitely at Southern. Uh, yeah, we was at Southern, because I remember. Oh, was, that was like your first or second year at Southern. Right, and it was that summer, and it was like, like I say, it was hell and chaos on the wheels. Mm -hmm. So that whole album, honestly, it just took a minute for me to revisit that album from her. I think Erica was the reason I went back and revisited it. Um, because Erica just stands, Rihanna. <laughs> so she was the reason I went back and re-listened. And I was like, damn, I forgot how many good cuts Rihanna has on this album. Yes. That's another one. Rihanna got hits on hits on hits, and the hits don't even be the hits on the album. Right. <laughs> the hits don't even be the hits on the album, and it's it's funny because now we have the term like deep cuts basically just meaning like the album came out these were the albums that weren't singles right it's like common knowledge because you want the single to be like commercially popular mm -hmm. but certain songs on the album aren't that but if you like the artist but you listen to the album because yeah. we love was everywhere, but what wasn't everywhere that was stuck in my head was complicated. Baby, it's all of our heads because we all had a complicated ass situation we could relate to. Why are you so complicated? Like we're reading the same words, but we are not on the same page. Why are you so complicated? Rihanna spoke fucking she facts. Facts, that whole song. Just facts. Got your ass in an argument somewhere and you repeat lyrics. Why are you so complicated? <laughs> <laughs> That's how much the song means. Your ass is in a full-fledged argument with a whole human being, but your mm. brain is like, now Rihanna had told me. Got you standing outside of your dorm room, wind blowing, Goddamn, you over here smoking a black and mild that almost went through a pack of black and milds. Because you just distraught. Especially when we were smoking clothes. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just saying, even that alone, which not, not first, second year in college, and we thought life was so hard, we had to smoke clothes outside together. <laughs> Like, what could we have possibly been going through that was so heavy, but a lot of that be attached to the music that we listen to and the moment that we're going through, and that shit be seeming heavy, heavy, heavy. I'm just saying. So... That's why I wanted to bring that up because it's, you know, piggybacking off of the conversation that we had last week and, you know, all of the Beyonce news this week, it just kind of, you know, and then thinking back about like the stuff that I studied in college, I'm like, music really do be meaning a lot to a lot of people. But nowadays we just kind of throw it to the side, like it's whatever. Uh, like you said, we do it like we don't think about it, but like us, like our friend group, I already know all of us, we probably got different songs, different playlists going all through the day, but like we are so used to it, we don't even realize it, what we're doing. Yeah. And it's like we have a soundtrack to play us through the day and we get home, we like, well, huh. 
<laughs> listen and not let us be together and have a sound track. And it don't always have to be. I mean, it could be for the 2000 and the nine. It could be for the nine and the 2000s. It could be very much let's shake that ass. It could be very much let's mohead. It could be all of that. Everything. It could be all of that, but it could also be a deep cut off a track that we're all familiar with and we really be in our fucking feelings about. <laughs> like, it could also easily be that. Like, we could easily put on Chris Brown's popping. And that song will mean something different for each and every one of us. Yes. But the vibe will all be the same. Yes. Because I'm thinking about, I mean, if popping comes on, I'm thinking about the specific nigga that I'm crushing on at that time in fucking school, grade school. You understand what I'm saying? We're grown ass adults. Uh, we're thinking about shit that happened in school. We're so removed from that and we never think about it until the song is played. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh shit, I remember such and such at the basketball game, bitch, and it was everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Specifics, honey, the locker room realness. Like, <laughs> 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 you sound like you know. <laughs> You sound like you know, Katie. Huh? <laughs> right, she the flashback too. <laughs> that part. I mean, y'all ran track and shit together. You know what it is. <laughs> Sometimes it just hits you with a flash. That I play. We're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to pee back off this conversation again for another episode because. We definitely, like, we definitely, I want to get into like specifics. Yeah. Like I gave a couple of little specifics. We each gave a couple of specifics. I want to get into specifics. Like maybe us take a little moment and jot down some songs that we have in common and then be like, this is what I immediately relate this song to. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Because I mean, so anxious. Ooh. I don't even think I knew what the word anxiously meant at that time and it had to Google her. Oh, <laughs> and then I saw the video and I was like, oh, I think I get it. I think I get it. This is the chill of wow, I'm gonna rub myself with a on camera. What? <laughs> um I think I get it, you know. It's a certain artist, you know, we got the Brandies, we got the Monicas, we got the artists we grew up with, and that shit be meaning something to us. And when shit comes out in the media, like, oh, this person is this, this person is that, this person had this going on backstage. Bitch, I don't give a damn. Their music I don't, is good. Right, I don't, I can't care. Now, it may be different if it's somebody I just got on to, like a baby, But bitch, you're not gonna make me not like Brandy. You can't do that for me. Like I see, I see y'all pop artists. I see y'all R&B artists, uh, especially on the women's side. But we had Brandy, Monica, and Alyssa all at the same time. All and they were happy in their lane. 
When I say we had the golden age, like that right there. We had the goats. Hmm. Yeah. We had the goats, honey. And if you're really in the sports, honey, technically we had Michael Jordan too. So really get into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we, we had the goats. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and nobody overstepped anybody's. Because it was room for everyone. It wasn't this, oh, you will never be so-and-so. You can never do what so-and-so do. never that. We don't look at Aaliyah for a Brandy run. No, we don't want that. We don't look to Monica. We never wanted that for Aaliyah. Right. We don't look at Monica and say, oh, well, you're not dancing and singing like Aaliyah. We never we needed that. We don't. We never did that. We ne- and that's so. I'm so glad you said that. That because that is so wild to me. Because okay. we never did that with the people with the artists that we really liked, and I feel like our parents never did that. Bitch, do you realize how many great artists were out in between? I would say probably our parents' early twenties, and when they start having us. Mm-hmm. Al Green, Otis Green, Johnny Taylor. You you have a lot. You Johnny have Taylor. a lot during that time. Yes. Bobby Rush. Like that was one that was one of my blue song singers. Um, he was one of those big ones that I loved because I would go to a concert of his and I'll come back home and tell my mom how excited I was and do the little snarl that he loves to do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it'd be on the pocket. <laughs> yeah. so, see, that's how I feel about Barry White, girl. I used to live for Barry White, and it would be like, part of me was like, he reminded me of my daddy. Tall, big, black, deep voice. But I would just be like, child, something about Barry White. And I'm a child. I'm a fucking child, bitch. And Mary White was like my fucking father's age. And here I am, you know, in the backseat of the fucking Chevy Silverado. Like, bitch, I wonder what it would be like to meet Barry White. (laughs) Oh, Lord have mercy. Up the list. Because the voice. And I've never heard anyone else that's ever sounded like Barry White. I think the thing Marvin Gaye. Pendergrass, ho. When I was young, oh yes. When I found out Marvin Gaye was dead when I was younger, y'all, I Ooh, damn, mind. I damn near cried because I was Ooh. like, wait a minute, right? What happened? We need some more. Yes. Why? I, why I missed out? Story. Why did we miss out? When I tell you, it took me so long as a kid to wrap my mind around the fact that this man was not here. And we didn't have social media, so it wasn't like it was like common, like every day you're reminded that they're gone. It's just yeah. like, well, bitch, the songs are still on the radio. And I had questions because it was like, oh, well, you know, his father shot him. Hated I, him. Hated I, him for a long time. Hated him. Hated him. Never seen a man. <laughs> Never <laughs> seen him. Hated him. I was like, not killed. That killed him. This was Marvin, like Marvin. Gay, what, what are great. you? Doing? And it really, 
that to me is just so wildly astonishing. I never heard my parents comparing artists. That yeah. is something that I never heard them do. I never heard my older siblings comparing artists. No. It was very clear who they liked and they liked multiple people all at the same. My brother was very much into like sex R&B. He liked them uh-huh. all though. Mm-hmm. Silk, yeah. R. Kelly, Jagged Edge, 112. He, mm-hmm. You like them all. Mm-hmm. Honey, peaches and cream still not. Yes. I mean, pretty much anything from Jagged Edge back then, Knox. I mean, I mean, those Jagged Edge albums knocked. I'll tell you, let's get married. Oh, damn. Right. I ain't no, ain't no the goddamn thing about a marriage. But mm. wanted to walk down somebody's aisle. Because I ain't getting no younger. Because I'm not getting no younger, bitch, but I'm a whole fucking 13, ho. <laughs> sitting in that car. <laughs> that, part, that that is that is very wild to me. And I'm just curious to know what other people our age feel like. Because nowadays it's so easy to jump on an artist and then something come out and then you jump off the artist, but you never really were attached to the artist. You just like the box. And see, that's, some, that's something different. Bitch, we liked In Vogue for the music, ho. We didn't give a fuck about what the drama was in the group, bitch. I just want to hear In Vogue songs. You know what? To the people who watch this on YouTube and even, like, if you listening, wherever you're listening to, like, you know, hit us up on Instagram or just drop down in these YouTube comments and let us know what was, like, your first piece of music that you just latched on to. Yes. Like, let us know. And why? And why did you latch on to it? And does it mean the same for you today that it did then? Because Bills, Bills, Bills hasn't changed for me. Mm -hmm. That shit has not changed for me. I still like that song. I still like that album. I still like the girls that were in the group at that time and their vocals and contributions on that album. I still like all of that, regardless of what happened thereafter. You're never going to take that from me, bitch. That belongs to me, is how I feel about it. (laughs) That belongs to me. Usher's like first albums, those belong to me, as far as I'm concerned. Bitch, Usher made, Usher wrote those songs about me, huh? Little do y'all know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Look at KD. Well, girl, quiet as a skip. It's not too far fetched. But <laughs> oh, y'all! Allegedly, we are moving on into the pits. Um, KD the Great. Who do you, do you have? Anyone in the pits tonight? No, <clears throat> been coping steady. I'm good. Okay. Hey, uh, no Turner. Do you have anyone for the pits tonight? <laughs> Let me think about it. Do I have anybody? No, you don't. <laughs> Q, moving right along. Do you have someone to put into the pits? I think I'm going to save my pits. I'm going to save all right. All, all, right, right. all right. All right. With that being said, we want to thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening and watching. If you're watching on YouTube, 
<laughs> to the Bits podcast. This has been a bomb ass episode about musical memories and what they mean, what they meant, all of that that's encompassing. Like Q said, drop in the comments. Let us know, like, what are some of your first memories of music and what do they mean to you today? Were you fast? Were you mannish? Let's get into those things, honey, because I was all of those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> honey, hit the ground running full speed. <laughs> <laughs> so yes but anyway thank you guys for watching um if you're not familiar hit us up on instagram that is d underscore the happy hour earlier honey <laughs> and that little latino man behind the counter honey <laughs> He set it out. I asked for a tequila and ginger soda, honey, and he gave me a tequila. I'm talking the tall glasses, hoe, with a splash of ginger. And because I, I was about to say, because I was about to say, there was nothing but tequila in there, because it didn't look nothing ginger in that damn glass. Girl, he gave. <laughs> Girl, when I say he gave. Girl, he gave, honey. He was so surprised. I was only there for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I had five, girl. And he was like, oh my God, you drink so fast. And I was like, mm, thirsty. But anyway. <laughs> y'all, I don't know what y'all doing. But please, if you are listening to this, go to YouTube. <laughs> please. Watch us on YouTube. <laughs> but anyway, um... My last closing remarks are just make sure that your melanin is always popping severely in any circumstance, in any situation. Always show up with your melanin popping because if you don't, they will fucking try you. Don't let them do it. Any closing remarks from Q with his shades on one night? Um... I've had a great time and I will see you all next. Oh, self-care Sunday will come back this Sunday. Okay. I had to take a small break because, you know, not really used to social media. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really a toll on me and I need to take a break. Artist from the 80s. KD, girl, any announcements, anything going on um, besides hit KD up for all of your booking? Because um, COVID will shut it down soon. So whatever you're trying to do, I suggest that you will, girl, outside of December 28th, girl, if any of you girls are going to be in Vegas December 28th, um... right. Katie, closing remarks? No, none, none, none. Yeah, what Jay said. Hit me up on Instagram, round trip underscore travel for all of your travel needs. And I will be sure to make their travel easy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Girl, I want to travel. No, you. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. <laughs> We're going to end the show now. Okay. Um, 
What's your name? Thank you for tuning in to the Pit Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at the underscore pits underscore podcast, where you can access the link in the bio to find out where you can listen to us and also our YouTube channel. Please, please, please subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can be alerted every time we drop the visual versions of our podcast. Also, please comment, share, like the podcast. That will help us out so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all have a blessed day.